saying in a sense, in a generic form, I say you, experiential. Because it should, right? It should have power over every one of us, right? But when in your life, how to develop it to go speak? Does the word have dominion over you? Hmm? Obviously, we'll get diversing answers. But it is my belief that it doesn't. You know, I realize the time I was attacked a few months ago. It's 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 that time I had come to realize that the word doesn't have as much assimilation in me as I thought it did. I went on my knees. I said, Father, why? Why? You know what it is? You know, you know what it is? You know what it is? Can I show it to you? I'll show it to you. And and it's something that we we really we really take for granted. I'll show it to you. Um, Matthew. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Then came Jesus, or then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees which were in Jerusalem, saying, Why? Do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? <laughs> For they wash not their hands when they eat. Notice what they came and said to Jesus. Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of, not, not God again, the traditions of the elders? Right? But he answered and said unto them, Why be, do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, Honor thy father and mother, and he that cursed mother or father, let him die the death. Right? So what they did is that they, they, they substituted God's commandments for traditions. And then he says, but ye say, this is what they say, their tradition. Ye say, whoever shall say to his father or mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou prophesied might be profited by me. And honor not his father or mother, he shall be free. 
That's their tradition. So their tradition is in contrast and conflict to the tradition of God. And then he says, thus ye have made the command. Now listen to this. Thus ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. He says the efficacy of the word in our lives. Is eradicated. By tradition. What is tradition? Hello? What is tradition? Is tradition what? Yes, it's 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 values, standards that have been passed down through a tribe or a people or a culture. Right? Like for instance, Mazulu have certain traditions which go with their own rituals. Mapedi, same thing. Matswana, same thing. So every every tribe has or every group, every race has their own tradition. They are the code they live by. Umbuto hore haitha eli tradition ya have in your dealings in life. How you behave. Yeah? How you act. Yeah, rona rona hito arete ningu. Tradition after tradition after tradition after tradition after tradition. That has nothing to do with the Bible. Yet they hold the Bible. Luther. Eh? Catholic. I don't know. bishop. And one of the identifying marks is no power. Jesus, you have made the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. So there may be things or traditions, values, customs that you are holding on to that makes the word of God no, non-effective in your life. So the effects, he says the effects of the word are destroyed by the traditions we hold that, that are, are juxtaposed against the word. So when you look at yourself and you realize, why doesn't the word of God have power? There are traditions, thought patterns, value systems, customs that you have accepted 
codes you live by, whether you're conscious of it or not. So when you come before God, all traditions must submit. All traditions must bow. Tradition is powerful. If you don't know. Tradition is powerful. It's hard. I mean, it's hard for, for certain people to, to lead their traditions. Yet you can't have both. You can't have the power of the word and tradition. That oppose the word of God. Rules that oppose the word of God. And that's why God's word does not seem to have the power. It says, you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. That it should have in our lives. Yet the word of God is Powerful. But when it comes to you, it's weak. It's like it comes with fire, comes with fire. Then when it comes to you, you 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 probably are some embodiment of of water. It just disintegrates. So all you have of the word is the smoke. Smoke doesn't burn anything. Hallelujah. But the word must have power over our lives. You are a Christian. You are a Christian. Praise the Lord. So even, even, even what we are discussing now on genetic warfare, it makes no difference what you think. You see, you are on the right path when you begin to submit your opinions and relinquish your opinions before the word of God. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16. Second Timothy chapter 3, 16. Because I know this thing is has messed you up. Like, like what I said uh, 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 to you guys when I said to you, being sick is a risk for, being, for qualifying for rapture. You will not be raptured. It doesn't matter what you believe. You will, you will not be raptured. Because you must understand the concept of the glorious church. The glorious church is the perfect embodiment of Jesus. The perfect embodiment of the Lamb's wife. And she should have no defects. She should have no spots. She should have no wrinkles. Whatever blemish, and remember what he says, we are all members of his body, right? Of his flesh, of his bones. You see that? Now, if a member of, 
if, if you found out that you have a tumor in your head, would you leave it there? Yeah? You wouldn't leave it there, right? You wouldn't. You'd go to a doctor, get operated so that they can take it out. Why do you want to take it out? Why would you want to take the tumor out? No, why? I understand it's a defect, but why would you want to take the tumor out? It's not supposed to. It's not supposed to be there. Wow. So, does a sick believer supposed to be It's tough, man. I'm asking a question. Listen, salvation, 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 though extremely difficult, it is losable. You can lose your salvation. Nothing is a guarantee until you're on the other side. Anyways, we don't have time to get into that today, but we will one day, right? One day. But what I what I asked, I asked the question: Would would I mean you? You wouldn't allow anything in your body that would threaten your health and life to remain there, right? So why then would Jesus allow His body to have anything in it that is not supposed to be there? The Bible says we are the body of Christ. Are we the body of Christ literal? Absolutely. So if that body has sick parts, you are guaranteed that it will be healed. If it can't be healed, it will be removed. Removed. Let me read you John 15 and then let me read you a bomb. Alright? Don't worry, we're going into our message, but I need to show you certain things. Because I, I, I realize some of you have a tough time with this thing. John 15, I get verse 2. Every in so he's not talking about sinners. He's not talking about okay, read 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 verse one. So Jesus said, I am I am how just Jesus he's the his father is who? So, the father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. The father is the vine dresser. So, it's the father that, that puts all the branches, all the leaves, all the fruit, right? On the vine. Read. Okay, okay. Read verse... Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
Ei. Uh, okay, read verse number verse number and then then we'll read verse uh, wh- what do you call them? Then we'll read verse uh, verse two. Read verse five. I am ye are the branches is the fruit bearing part of the tree right so the church ye are the branches ye are the part of the tree that bears the fruit that bears the leaves okay right he said i am ye are read verse 2 so what bears what bears fruit what bears fruit and who is the branch? Sinners. Who? Yeah, read. Every branch in me. Not, not, not outside, in me. So this, these are those who are connected to him. I get, yeah? That does not, that does not, that does not, yeah, read. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he does what? Where does he take it? He removes it. In other words, fruit barrenness is not tolerated on the vine. So if you are a Christian and you are barren, he says you will be removed. <laughs> uh, Kanji, you thought, I mean, what did you think? You thought, what did you think? It's forever. You can just cruise. You can just yeah, cruise. No, says every branch that does not bear fruit, he does what? Oh, wow. Wow. Do you see that? Do you see that? The strength of a branch is in its engraftedness or its uh, 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 connection to the vine. Right? So, a branch that is not connected to the vine will die. It's not that Jesus kills you. It's that your own separation from the source of life kills you. You get that? Okay, let's read. Let's read. Abide in me, verse 4, and I in, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, you see? Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide. There you go. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. He said, if a man does not abide in me, he says, his branch withers, and it is cut off. I read you there, right? I read you. Let me read you something that will 
put some fear in your bosom. Romans. Romans chapter number Let's read Romans chapter I think it's chapter 11 if I'm not mistaken. Verse 13. Romans 11 verse 13. Are we there? For I speak to you Gentiles. Gentiles. Who are Gentiles? Gentiles are non-Jewish nations. Gentiles are non-Jewish nations. So it includes it includes so by 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 providence, you are in Christ, right? But by nature, you are a Gentile. It is the blood of Jesus that gave you access to the commonwealth of Israel. Let me give you history before we hit this. Remember, this, and this is based on what we are teaching on genetic warfare. Remember, God said to Noah, I will destroy the whole earth. And I will start again with you, right? And then several generations later, he found a man, Abraham. And it was God that made Abraham a Hebrew. So Abraham was the father of a new race. Abraham was the father of a new race. Remember what God said to Israel in Exodus chapter 19. He says, if you obey my voice, I will make you a a, a new race, a holy people, a peculiar people. So Abraham was the father of the new race that God had cut a covenant with. Right? And it was through this new race that God was going to bless the entire world. It says, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God was concerned from a very long time, we'll discuss that in a few minutes, about the creation of a new race. So, the Hebrew people are God's chosen people. Do you understand? They are God's chosen people. They are, they are sons of promise. So, Israel really is the beloved nation of God. It is the nation that God founded. Israel is the only nation on earth that was founded by God. After the fall of man. That first nation was going to begin with Adam. As you will know in a few minutes. But because of the failure of Adam. The failure of Noah. God found Abraham. And he began to, to seed a new nation from Adam. Called the Jews. The Hebrews. Right? So... Years passed, years passed, they did whatever they did, and finally, 
they turned away from God. When was their door closed? When they rejected Jesus. When they rejected Jesus, the door closed, shut to them. And that opened the door for the Gentiles. So, the rebellion of God's people, God's nation, opened the door for Gentiles. What door? The door to be partakers of the promises of Abraham. Making them children of Abraham. You following me? So, now Gentiles entered into or was grafted into Christ because of the rebellion of God's people. And God did that because he wanted to make them jealous. Now, this is where we get into the depths of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. The unfathomability of his operations. So, while... A While, while Israel is, has currently been rejecting Jesus, the Bible says, though Israel be as numerable as the sand of the seashore. He says, though they are as large as the seas of the ocean. He says, yet a remnant shall be saved. A remnant shall be saved. That's why the tribulation that's coming on the world or the persecution of the Antichrist is primarily on the Jews, on God's people. So, we, we are not God's original plan. We are not God's original plan. So, if his people were removed from the tree that you might be grafted in, what makes you think that your position is permanent? It's your foodie pipe. Because you think you're special. Now the blood, listen. Listen. Let's read. Okay, let's read. Let's read because there I stepped on a few toes. You know, preachers will hate, will hate us. You know the, the message, you see, I was coming, while I was driving, I saw, I, I saw some uh, brethren, uh, you know, setting up the tent, preparing for church, one here, one there. And I thought to myself, you know, Lord, there's, 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 there's no way of telling that a person has truly been called by God except in the message they have. Not in the power they demonstrate. In the message they have. Nicodemus says, no man can do these things except God be with him. You see, you cannot fabricate a message. A message. Jesus said, Jesus, when they asked him about authority, they said to him, by what authority are you doing this? He says, let me ask you. By what authority, by what authority did John preach? He said, the message of John, was it from heaven or was it from earth? They couldn't answer. Because they knew that what John was preaching was a message from above. So the message really 
is what validifies a calling. Because God can go, what is he calling you for? To do what? Praise the Lord. So, so, so a message is essential. So, ah, I thought to my, you know, people, you know the things that I'm teaching you, the things that we are communicating now, you know the amount of, oh, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's leave it. But preachers hate us for this kind of things. Because it destroys their dogmatic theology. It destroys it. It doesn't even give it a, a room to breathe. It, it kills it. Buries it underground. A man can't let you do that. So I say that he hates it. You know when I teach these kind of things, he hates it. He will try everything to distract me. He hates it. Because it is knowledge that destroys shackles. Anyways, I said to you, 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 you are God's substitutionary plan. You are God's backup plan. Christianity was created for Israel. It was on account of Israel. Okay, let's read. Uh, okay, let's read verse 11. Verse 11, I say that they have stumbled. Have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But through their fault, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to Gentiles. So you can see that Jesus really died for the Jews. And then, for the rest of the world. And that's what convinces me that Adam was a Hebrew. That's what convinces me that Adam was a Hebrew. And Christians, the Bible tell, calls them Jews inwardly. You are Jews. Yes, he says he's not, he's not a Jew, one who is outwardly, but a Jew inwardly. By the circumcision of Christ. Let's read. So he said to, to provoke them to jealousy. Salvation has come to the Jews. Imagine all this thing. Was, is to provoke jealousy to Israel. Now if their fall. If their fall is riches for the world. And their failure riches for the Gentiles. How much more their fullness? When Jesus comes back, where will he rule from? Wow. Where will Jesus rule from? Wow, why not, why not Dubai? Says Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I long to gather you as a head gathers the chicks. But you will no longer see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And you, he says, you shall be left to desolation. So I ask again, when Jesus comes, where is, he, where is his headquarters? United States of America. Where? Oh. Okay. For if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, their failure riches for the Gentiles, 
How much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I'm apostle to Gentiles. Paul said, no, don't worry. I am a Jew, but I'm an apostle to you. I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if they are being cast away, is the reconciling of the world. What will the acceptance be but life from death? For if the first fruit is holy, the lamp is also holy. If the fruit, the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some, yeah, yeah, if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. You are a wild olive tree. You don't belong there. You are grafted there. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Will you then say, will you then say, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in? You will then say, sorry, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off. What's that? What's that? Because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. He says, your stance in the tree, he says, is faith. It's one of the reasons why Jesus said, many in the last days will depart from the faith. The thing that keeps them grafted. If, if it's permanent, why, why are they departing? If it's a permanent thing, why are you departing? If it was not permanent for the Jew, it's not permanent for the Christian. It says, do not be haughty, but, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branch, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail. Severity, but toward you goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. It's how it is. And if they do not continue in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this Hilbudis. It's a mystery. It's a so God made you genetic children. Genetically, God modified you to become his children. It says, by the incorruptible seed. Do you see it now? You see it now? You see why? Why? Why I say to you, you risk ever being raptured. Or qualify to be in the glorious church. I mean, if your own salvation is risky, what is the other one? There's, there's risk in salvation. Because he tells you, their unbelief cut them off. Your faith is what has grafted you. If you continue in faith, you will be grafted. But if you deviate from the faith, you will be ungrafted. Is a mystery. Is a that's why Sikh Christians 
will not be raptured. They will have to die first. Genesis, the book of genetics. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why health is very serious. It's very. Abraham was not chosen because he was spiritual. Read, read verse 19. Chap- Genesis chapter 19, verse 1. Ge- chapter 17. 17, verse 1. Bona how old he was, ne? Bona how old he was, ne? Yeah, he was 90. The, the Lord did what? And he said, he said what to him? Abraham. Walk. <laughs> I told you now, that's Tamim. It says, walk before me and be healthy. And I told you, Tamim is not an implication on moral perfection. But it has to do with a genetic integrity. You understand? So he says, walk thou before me and be blameless. Blameless way. In your genes, Baba. You are the father of many nations. <laughs> so before the pro- my son gets here, before the promise could be fulfilled in the birth of Isaac, Abraham had to be healthy. 99 years old. So your age is not an excuse. Before Isaac, he says, walk down before me and be blameless. Because, why? Because in multiplying, I will make a covenant between, yeah, and, do, do, do you see why, why he needed to be blameless? Do you see why he needed to be blameless? Why he needed to be healthy? Because he was going to give birth what? The seed, the progenity of the earth. Nebot? What happened if, if Abraham had contracted some genetic disease that compromised it? Listen, it is not so hard to compromise DNA. What did I say? In fact, DNA is the easiest thing to compromise. All you need to do is pl- place it under a harsh environment and it will begin to mutate. And you know, DNA... Okay, let me explain. I'm not a scientist, so if I make some errors uh, uh, when you do your research, uh, forgive me. But what, I, what I'll tell you is true. What, you can go search it. What I'll tell you is true. If DNA is... is I mean, if what affects DNA is, is pathogens, Right? Uh, which are bacteria, uh, uh, viruses, and all those things, right? When they enter the body, remember, DNA is in the cells. DNA is in the, DNA is in the cells of a human being. That's where it, 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 it is. 
in his store, right? Now, if a virus comes and attacks a cell, right, a bacteria, it has a protective membrane, right, which is mucus. That's a, that's a protective membrane of the of a cell, right? So what happens is, if a virus wants to compromise, because all viruses want to become part of your immune system. All viruses, that's their goal. They want to inhabit. It, it, it doesn't sound familiar? Doesn't sound, doesn't sound, doesn't, that doesn't sound familiar? They want to host you. Right? So they must look for hosts, which are your cells. And that's where the DNA is. Right? When virus comes in the form of bacteria or whatever, right? It comes, it attacks. But it can't attack just... So sometimes what happens is it attacks... The, the, the white cells goes and defends that area, right? All this is happening in the quantum sphere, right? It goes and protects that area, right? So a virus knows that I can't come just attack JJ as I am. So I need to do what? I need to camouflage myself. I need to mutate myself, right? So when a virus enters the body, some viruses and bacteria, what they do is that before they attack, they, they seed, they remain, right? So every virus has an RNA, right? RNA is what transmits the information between the cells, right? Every virus has that. So what it does, the virus, is that it observes the movement of your cell. Now, this is, this is intelligence at a microscopic level. It looks at all the cells, right? And then it... It studies the information of those cells. And then it begins to do something. If it's left long enough, it mutates itself. What does mutate mean? It becomes what? Like the cell. So it appears to your, your immune system like it's part of it. So after that mutation happens, that's where it can attack. So before the, the, the attack and the dissimulation or, or buddy, the breach into the DNA because DNA is your life. All, all of who you are is in there. It mutates itself. So this is to say bacteria or viruses left long enough in the body can compromise your DNA. If it stays long enough, it can compromise your DNA. And your DNA is reflected by your immune system. You see that? You see that? You, you, you see that? So, a, an environment that is destructive to your DNA will compromise it. For instance, Shakil Bonsing and other things. If you cut yourself, right? If you cut yourself, the moment you cut yourself and blood begins to pour, the body doesn't like losing blood. The body is intelligent. It doesn't, doesn't want losing blood. Blood mustn't come out of it. Because blood is, is the life force of the entire person. It doesn't like it. So if you cut yourself or you have a wound, the blood has a system that rushes cells there to close up that wound, to clot that place. So that the blood stops leaking. It happens quickly, right? Now, you, you realize there are some people who can cut themselves 
and the wound doesn't close. Why doesn't it close? Because the body has natural defense systems. That means that defense system is breached. There's probably a bacteria or a virus that's there that's not sending the right information to the cells that are responsible for dealing with that area of the body. You understand? Now here I'm talking about I'm talking about dangerous uh, viruses, pathogens. I'm talking about dangerous. Uh, I'm not talking about the good bacteria. You following me? So it's easy for DNA to be compromised. Easy. All you need to do is introduce a virus, a virus strain or a bacteria that mutates itself with the cells and begins. And, and that's what really uh, uh, immunovirus HIV AIDS is. The virus comes, they attack the cells. The cells, the cells that were meant to protect it become the cells that are destroying it. So the defense cells dies because they are captured. And then the immunity of a person is open to any disease. So a person that dies, a person never dies of AIDS. Never. No one who has ever had AIDS died of AIDS. Because it's not AIDS that kills you. AIDS is what opens up your defenses. And this is what this COVID-19 virus is doing. They have gotten so far that this thing, people have AIDS. Everybody who's taking the vaccine, they have AIDS. AIDS is an autoimmune, autoimmune deficiency system. It's an autoimmune virus. So, so it, it be, <laughs> Kiri, just wait. You don't believe me now, just wait. When people start dying like flies, just wait. That's why, I mean, I mean, people, Utwa, Utwa Barik. Utabare, Utabare, right? Utla, and then we'll go into the scriptures. They say, may, they say that to be protected against the virus, you must take a vaccine, right? And then you go and take a vaccine, and the next thing that happens to you is that you become vulnerable to the very same uh, virus that you are supposed to be protected by, by the vaccine. So why am I being vulnerable and contracting the same virus that this vaccine is supposed to protect me from? Because it's supposed to increase the antibodies in my system and increase the defense systems in my body, but it's not. What it's doing is that it's saying to the virus, Ozangena wena. And they say, I oh, know, don't worry, don't worry. No, you must be worried because you must be worried because you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, 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 you don't inject yourself with the vaccine if you if you are bitten by a snake. You don't, you don't uh, inject yourself with a vaccine uh, of the snake's poison, of, because that's that's what a vaccine, a snake vaccine is. 
Right? If 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 you need to get you need to get that thing. And that thing is the poison. Right? You don't how then do you become sick after vaccinating after a snake bite from the very same snake bite that killed that you were supposed to be protected by by the vaccine? Because that's that's the whole reason why I'm vaccinating. I was bitten by a snake. So I need what do they call it? Uh, and what? Anti-venom, yeah. Anti-venom is the venom. So then anti-venom is supposed to, to push out, destroy the venom in my body, but it's not. It, it would be very alarming, right? Because that should not be the case. Right? That should not be the case. But it is the case here. Here it is the case. Now, if you are... I mean, if, if you take this thing and then next week you have COVID, that means now you're open. It's when it's something else, you'll have it. When it's something else, you'll have it. You will have it because you're not protected. And they say, no, take it. Take it. And now, more people are dying from the vex than they are dying from the COVID. 29 people in million people in South Africa are vaccinated. You will see. You will. Why? Because they are using that thing. They are using that thing to see and change. You see, like I said to you, it's easy to compromise DNA. It's easy. It's easy. Now, now things have gotten so they splice genes. Do you understand? They splice genes. They splice genes. They they can cut genes. Hey. They can cut genes. They can edit. They, now, gene editing. They can edit genes. If they can edit genes, that means they can edit viruses. So, what really are they giving the people is the real virus. And that's the virus that is replacing your, your gene strands with whatever they are, they are putting there. And every gene strand had its code, right? It has, it has its code. E G E T P K. Oh, they're replacing it. <laughs> Satan knows he can't get you spiritually with your tongues. He'll get you in your body. I mean, what does tell me? What 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 does Satan have to do? To take as many people along with him. Stop people from praying. Stop people from accepting Jesus. No, it's to turn them into other species. It's to change them into other species. And you must understand that this thing began with Satan himself. Satan wanted to turn himself into something. You see, there is an order in creation that 
that, that, that anything created must not exceed the bounds in its progeny, in its perpetuality or productivity of its own kind. So the, the kind, the species, must keep its integrity as it passes itself through generations. That's the odd. Okay, Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. I believe with all my heart that this is a message that the Spirit of God has given me for the body of Christ. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Because there is no way I could have known these things had the Spirit of God not opened it up to me. No way. Absolutely no way. No, read, if, if, if you listen to, if you listen to uh, my, uh, the interview I had with Pastor Raphael in March 2020, before all this thing blew up, listen to that thing. Listen to that thing. When I came back that Sunday, by prophets, the Spirit of God said, this thing, this thing was a thing created in a lab. Years later, I mean, few, eight months, nine months later, the whole world is saying it. The whole world is saying it. No, it comes from who? The Spirit. Read, read the prophecy on the 19th of March, 2020. Read it. It says, this thing comes from a lab. It's not something that's from the... It comes from a lab. Why? 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 Because God speaks to those who care. Anyways. Is the same... You see, the same way I'm telling you, the same way I told you that that thing is from a lab, is the same thing I'm telling you now, how people are going to die. They're going to die. Listen, they're gonna, no matter what you tell yourself, you're going to die. You can say, ah, no, I won't, I won't. I won't, I won't. God, God loves me. People have been dying that God loves for millennia. Thing is, you were stupid enough to listen, to listen to men who are controlled. You know, when I woke up this morning, when I woke up this morning, the Holy Ghost said to me, son, look into Babylon. I said, look into Babylon. He said, yes, look into Babylon. Babylon is to Satan what Eden was to He said, the very place, geographical location, where Eden was, is where Babylon was living. I'll show you in the Bible very quickly. Anyways, let's read. Where, where was Eden? Locationally. Where was Eden? Because Eden was a place on earth, right? It should be able, we should be able to locate it now because it was a place on earth. It was a geographical place. So where was it geographically?
Where, where do you think it was? Eden was in Africa. All right. Where in Africa? Eh? Between Africa and Asia. Yeah? Where, where do you think Eden was? Egypt. Yeah? Someone else? Takis in Takis. So what do you mean <laughs> we Takis? <laughs> Why is the Middle East called the Middle East? Why is the Middle East called the Middle East? Middle East. Why is it called the Middle East? So it, 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 it's there because of the equator. So the earth runs centrally along that line. So that's why it's called the Middle East. Is it East? Yeah? Is it East? The Bible talks about the kings of the South and the North. Right? How? Is, is, is Egypt North? Is Assyria South? Because they're in the Middle East. So is the Middle East East geographically or navigationally? Is the Middle East East? Because you said you just said it's in the center, right? Is the center east? So the Middle East is not called the Middle East because it's east. Why is it called the Middle East? So two questions I asked you now, okay? Adam. I mean, Eden and the Middle East. Why is the Middle East called the Middle East? Let me tell you why. Right? Let me tell you why. It was because the first, the first uh, habitation in the civilization of mankind was east from the garden. The Bible says, and they, they journeyed eastward from the garden. Right? So if, if this was the garden, where is east? That way. Where is east? That way or that way? They journeyed east. Okay, let's just use this as true north. Right? If this is east, they journeyed east. So they went that way. So the garden was there, and they went that way, and they sojourned there. Right? So, so the, the Garden of Eden is actually west from the first habitation or settlement of civilization. Right? It's actually west. They went east. That means from their location, it is west. Right? And it wasn't far because I believe, based on based on Psalm 139, I believe that when God took Adam out of the garden, he still remained in Eden. Because the Bible never said that he took them out of Eden. He took them out of the garden of Eden. And when he took, it, took them out, God said something. He said, cursed be the ground, the earth for your sake. That's why the Middle East is a desert. 
two things probably happened. Because the Bible says he put a cherubim there that no man might find the way. Two things happened. It either went underneath and was buried in the desert and will resurface again when Jesus comes. Or it is still there but hidden. So that whole place was cursed and it became the desert which we know as the Middle East. Remember, God, what, oh man. God, said to, God said to Adam, says, from the sweat of thy brow thou shalt eat. In other words, the ground wouldn't yield. Now, tell me, what grows there? There in the desert, what grows there? There, what grows? He cursed that ground. The ground where he was going to leave. He didn't curse the whole earth. Where he was going to leave. And it became a desert. So wherever the Garden of Eden is, it's in the wilderness. It's in the desert. And I ask you the second question. Why is it called Middle East? It's because of the location of Eden. The location of the Garden. So passed away is Eden. Remember, there were four river streams that ran through Eden. There were four river streams that ran to Eden. If you want to know where Eden is, find where Babylon is. <laughs> find where, Bab where Babylon was built. That's where the location of Eden was. Let's read the Bible. Remember what I said the Spirit of God said to me. Babylon was to Satan, is to Satan. What? Because remember, Babylon is just not just a physical place. And here I'm not just referring about the name. I'm talking about the system, the spirit. Remember in Revelations, John says, I was taken in the spirit and I saw Babylon. So Babylon is a system, a government that exists in the spirit. And that is why throughout the history of mankind, there is one kingdom that has resurfaced all the time. He says, I will show you the mystery of the woman who was, who is, and yet is not. And it is this mystery, this mystery of Babylon that throughout the ages has tried to res uh, resuscitate itself. And what is Babylon? Babylon is the place of Satan's dominion. Remember, the woman, Babylon, mystery, was riding on the dragon. Who is the dragon? <laughs> Anyways, let's read the Bible, right? Let's read the Bible. Let's read the Bible. What did I want to show you? No, uh, I'll show you Genesis just now. I'll show you Genesis. I have, I have 45 minutes. So I'll show you Genesis right now. Go into Go into Zechariah quickly. Go to Zechariah quickly. Chapter 5. Zechariah chapter 5. Verse 5. Zechariah chapter 5 verse 5. 
Zechariah chapter 5, verse 5. Then the angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift your eyes now and see what is this that goes forth. Right? So I asked, what is it? And he said, it is a basket that is going forth. And he also said, there is there are resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up. And this is a woman sitting inside the basket. Who was sitting inside the basket? In the vision. Who was sitting inside the basket? So the, the lid was lifted up. So he saw a basket and the, the basket was closed. And the angel lifted the lid. And he saw a woman sitting in the basket. Right? Then he said, this is wickedness. And he thrust her down into the basket. Pushed her down. And threw the lid cover over its mouth. Then I raised my eyes and looked. And there were two women coming with the wind in their wings. For they had wings like the wings of a stalk. And they lifted up the basket between earth and heaven. What is the basket? Babylon. Babylon. He says, this basket was lifted between heaven and, and I'll show you that it's Babylon. I'll show you that it's Babylon. So I asked the angel, who are they carrying in the basket? Or what, where are they carrying the basket, the location, right? And he said to me, to build a house for it. They were going to build a house for? So this basket had inside what? A spirit. And the name of the spirit was Babylon. You will see that it's Babylon. And they are going to build a house for it in the land of, say, say with me, in the land of, in the land of, in the land of, when it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base. So where were they taking it? To the land of Shinar. You know where Shinar? The country of two rivers. The country of two rivers run across and they meet at the central point in Shinar. Those rivers is the Euphrates and the Tigris River. Guess where those rivers interchange? Remember, the Tigris River and the Euphrates River are, are the two rivers that ran and into what? Into Eden. Talk to me now. Now, if the two rivers ran into, that means the land of Havila. I mean, the river of Havila was supposed to be there. Now, guess where they meet? Take a guess. Iraq. Where do they meet? Iraq. I Iraq. And specifically, Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia, Iraq. Where is that land? It is the land that God gave to Abraham. When God said, lift up thine eyes, look north, south, east. Abraham was in Iraq. Abraham was in Mesopotamia. Remember, he left Haran in Chaldea. He left Haran and he went and settled. Right where God said, lift up your eyes, I will give you. That place where he was, was Iraq, Mesopotamia. And how, how else do we know that? It is because right in that region, there was the Valley of Jordan. And the Valley of Jordan had gardens that were arrayed like the rivers, I mean, of the Garden of Eden. Now, if there are gardens in the valley 
called Jordan. That means there's a river stream that flows there. And right where that garden was, was Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember the goal of Antichrist is the replacement of God. No, 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 you are wrong, Pastor. Well, how did the serpent find his way into the garden? Because God created the garden. Listen, when Satan was there, Satan arrived before Adam on earth. Hello. Satan arrived on earth before Adam. The fall of Satan came first. And the Bible says he was cast down into the earth. And one thing you know about Satan, he likes to be closest to where God is. And it's one of the reasons the first assignment that God gave to Adam in the garden, it was to guard it against what? To keep it against what? You, you don't guard, you don't put security guards in a place where there's no threat of somebody entering. So where exactly was the Garden of Eden? Iraq, Mesopotamia. That don't forget, keep it there. Alright? You don't have to agree with me now, just read your Bible. Right? They were taking him, remember, Remember, this woman was way between heaven and earth. So, so, so the system that Satan set up, Babylon, is where is a system in the air, the prince of the power of the air. That's where the system is. We wrestle against what hosts of wickedness. What did the angel call him? This is wickedness. Hosts of wickedness way in the heavenly places. So Babylon is the headquarters of the satanic government. That's where the fallen angels sit in a council. If you read, if you read, uh, you've read my book on uh, burden of a prophet, there's a part I, I speak about how in the visions of God, the Lord took me to a place where a council of fallen angels had. And, and the place where they were was a very dry arid land. It's one of the reasons now why Iraq is so dilapidated. It's because of the spiritual activity that's happening in that land. That the goal of that land, Satan needs to wipe that place. It must become a plain. It must become a flat plain. That's what, that's what all these ISIS, all this are doing there. They are, they are flattening the plain. Because that is where Babylon, Babylon's headquarters is going to be built. So in the vision, I'm coming. I'm coming from South Africa, right? But I'm coming from the air. So I'm coming from the air and I'm shooting the barrel and I'm shooting down. I'm shooting down like this, straight down. So I stand in there, in the air I see beings. Beings, my brother, that are as big as two Apollos or stacked on top of each other. Being so, and listen, fallen angels are not ugly. Fallen angels are not ugly. They're not like demons. They're not contorted. Fallen angels are not ugly. Fallen angels are like Satan. They've, re they've retained their form. Only that the glory is missing. So you can see a darkness in them. Being so big and I'm coming down from the air. And I'm seeing these guys talk. 
Now there was a leader. There was, there was Steli. And I heard a voice. This is Iraq. The birthplace of the Antichrist. He says, what, what, you, he says, what you are witnessing, the voice was saying to me, what you are witnessing is the arrangement for his birthing coronation. I heard them talk. They were talking in some language. My God, that language. It wasn't human language. You're not there. <laughs> oh man, you don't say that. <laughs> they were talking with some language, and then I heard one of them. One of them told one of them to say. He said, "Go to South Africa and prepare for us." Read that. Uh, prophet, he went to South Africa. That's when the the strikes. Began the fees must fall and all chaos took place in the country. That's when it began. But that place was seeded. The angel, the, the fallen angels were there. Why? Why destroy such a nation? You go to Iraq now; it's almost it's preparation. Anyways. Satan predated Adam. Remember what God said to him. In, he says you were in the garden of God. You were in the Eden. The garden of God. So there is an Eden up there. And that's the Eden he's talking about. So when Satan came here, he saw Eden. Where do you think he wanted to be? Where do you think they came And it is my belief that when, where Adam went back after he was chucked out is the same place he was formed at. Because Adam was not formed in the garden. He was formed somewhere in Eden. Eden is a city. Eden is a city. Hallelujah. Is a city. And the garden is the headquarters of Eden. And remember, Satan can't create. Are you following me? Satan can't? Isaiah 14. That's why I said genetic warfare is something that started with Satan himself. It, it was the iniquity of Satan. The, the, the changing of, of genes. Start playing for we move into prophetic dimension. Was it important that we share the location of Eden? Yes. The was it important? Yes. You'll find out why it was important. You'll find out why. So the woman now is where? In the spirit. But his system is still being, is still being run. The system of the Babylonic system is still being run. But the woman is in the spirit. Okay. Let's ask one other question. Where were the sons of God living when they saw the daughters of men and slept with them? Where did they come from? 
they come from? Where were they? If you, if you, if you go across certain cultures, uh, tribes, and groups, you'll hear stories about aliens that came before man, that predated man. You hear them in mythology and so forth, right? Where there, that there were people that were here before man. Yep. Yep. Just that through time and oration, they have twisted it. But who taught them that doctrine? I can assure you, is the fallen angels. Because they they want their they want their presence. They want to be recognized. And they are on their way back. They are on their way. Should, should, I, should I tell you how they're going to come back? Should, should I tell you? I'll show you now. Read, read what, I, what I ask you to read. So Satan wanted to go genetic transformation. He was created a cherub. Right? He was created a cherub. But he wanted to be something more. Follow me. And this is one of the reasons why Satan hates man. Mankind. Mankind Satan hates with all his heart. Because they remind him of what he could not be. He hates man because of what he could not be. Man is a reminder that Satan is below. I will show you. I will show you. I will show you. How this thing is embedded in the rebellion of creation. Let's read. Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter number 14. Verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven. How you are fallen from heaven. Oh Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart. You have said in your heart. I will into heaven. Yeah, I will. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther side of the north. This is what he told himself. This is what he told himself. The Bible says you are perfect in the day. See, people don't understand how can a perfect being fall? How? I mean, before Adam and Eve fall, were they not perfect? Yet they fell. You see, beings that are perfect, their perfection is only linked to their connection to God. Says, be perfect even as my father is perfect. Even as I am perfect. So no in being or no entity can be perfect, isolated from God. Jesus said, why do you say I'm good? No one is good except God. So the good, nobody's good. 
can tell yourself whatever and I get lucky. Lawaluka. The only goodness you can express is, is the goodness that, is, that as far as you are connected to the Lord. Otherwise than that, you are, you are wicked. So Satan, Satan, Satan began to conjure thoughts. Be, listen, listen. The Bible says, without, without the law, the knowledge of sin is not there. Bible says you are perfect in the day that thou was created, full of perfect. Uh, wisdom and glory. Then he says, until iniquity was found in you. Where did iniquity come from? Where did the iniquity of Satan come from? Where did it come from? Where did iniquity, I mean, I mean, at that time, there was, there was no evil according to uh, 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 the dispensation of that time. There's, there was God and his creative dimension and his, and his angels and his creation. No evil. The whole universe was in harmony. How then did Satan conceive iniquity? How was iniquity conceived in him? That he would begin to have thoughts of building a throne above the clouds. About building Listen, this was before he fell. It was why he fell. Some say he fell and then he thought. No, it was before. Because if, he had, if this had not been the consummation of his fall, he would not have fallen. So he says, I will build. I will build my throne. How does Satan, Mike, begin to conjure up such thoughts? Where do they come from? No, they come from the free will of... No, they can't come from the free will of angels because you can only know what you have been exposed to. So for Satan to even begin to think... Listen, 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 listen as he continues. I will ascend above the height of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Hey, hey, I will be like the most high. I will be... How can a creature, a created being, a cherub, an angel, begin to think itself, the, the, to have the ability to be like God? The knowledge, the knowledge had to come from information. Otherwise, he could not conceive such thoughts. Let me ask you a question. If men have laws, do angels have laws? If men have laws, do angels have laws? Do angels have laws or codes? Scriptures they live by. Do they? Do they? And probably the scriptures or the laws, the scrolls that angels have, give them information about what? The plans and purposes of God. In the future. Agreed? Because angels were responsible for the creation of the earth. They were there. They were involved. So they had to have known why are we creating this thing. And it is like revelation. You see, the revelation of God to creation is in segments. He doesn't show everybody the whole picture all at once. That's why we don't know what will happen after new heaven and new earth. All we know will be what God. We're on earth. So earth, 
originally was a dimension that was seated for the physicality of God, for the manifestation of God. It was a place where God had intended to create a civilization of beings that had physical matter, where he and them can interact together, where the full expression of himself, where the fullness of God can be revealed from that part of civilization. So God, in his mind, had earth as the headquarters of the universe. So the heaven of God's throne is a temporary location. Because God's final agenda is the enthronement of the Godhead in the physical dimension. So angels must have known this. Angels must have known that God is preparing to create a new species. A new creation of beings that are in the similitude of God. Because angels knew they do not look like God. They knew from the form of God they saw that we don't look like him. And it's one of the reasons why Satan said, I will be like God. I will be like God came from the information that God was going to create a man, a species in his own image. That is like God. That's why Satan's enemy is not dogs. Satan's enemy is not pigs. Satan's enemy is not creatures. Satan's enemy is man. Satan's enemy is not angels. He's not in a league of angels. He's, oh my goodness. Angels can't defeat Satan even if they try it. The only way they can defeat them is through the authority of Christ. The Bible says that even Michael, when he met Satan, could not derive him, could not say blasphemous words, but said the Lord rebuke you. He had to come in the name of the Lord because Satan is a superior being than all other creatures because now Satan had had the mental of Adam on him. I will be like God. That's how he was going to be like God. I will be like God. I will disrupt his plan in, in the earth. I will. So what does he do? He falls from heaven and he does not go to any other planet. He comes to earth. I will be like God because on earth there is a man with the mantle of God. So I will be like God. That's the goal of Satan. To be like God. He wants to be like God. He wants to be like God. He wants to have a throne like God. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be said. He has served God long enough. And now he sees that he has put all things under this man. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou crowns him with thy glory. And thou delivered into his hand the work of your fingers. So the angels knew that when this creature comes, he will be the commanding officer. He will be the one that tells angels, go there. He will be the one that says to the stars, rise, fall. That's the goal of God with mankind. And Satan said, it can't be. I won't let it happen. Some of you think that, listen, it was in Satan's best interest for Adam to sin against God and fall. Because there's no vacuum in the universe. Satan knew it. He understood it clearly that there's no vacuum. And he understood that God could not destroy him. So what does he do? He deceives. He tells them, go against God. Why? Because when they do that, they will have to drop down their mantle. So no longer will they be the God of the world. It, it will be the one to whom that title was betrayed to. Who was it? The serpent. 
So that's why even the curse of God to the serpent was not die. It was a prophetic one. A, what, one that was delayed for a timeline in the future. Why? Because at that time God could do nothing to Satan. Satan had, had taken upon himself the thrones of mankind. He was now the leader of mankind. He had become what he said he was going to be. He had become like God. He had become like God. And in the process, what did he do? He manipulated the genetics of the man who was made in the image of God. And at that time, Adam lost God's image. I will show you in the Bible now that Adam got, lost God's image. That's why children after Adam were not after the image of God. Only Adam was in the image of God. Every other one after Adam was in the image of Adam. Because Adam had now lost the image of God. Read Genesis chapter 5. You will hear that this is the generations of Adam. And how he created children in the image of Adam. Not in the image of God. Because the image was lost. Men didn't look like God anymore. And that's why God could not look on men except through the eyes or through the veil of blood. Because men looked like something else. He had become impure. He had become defected. He was a creature that was not in the image that he made. Because no man made in the image of God has sin in his DNA. It was the plan all along. It was the plan all along. And, and, and it is surprising if you read the scriptures, you wonder, why would God give Satan allowance to also populate the earth with his own seed? And remember, Satan did not have the ability to produce. The ability to produce was with man. How did he have now the... Read Jude, read Jude quickly. Read Jude quickly. Because initially, spirits could not mate. How now did they have the ability to mate? It means that Satan took, took of that essence of man and he distributed it among a sect of his fallen creatures. The ability to mate like man. How can, how can, how can fallen angels use the same system that man uses to create? They are spirits. They shouldn't have genitals. Then how, where do they come from? That tells you that Satan did what? He did what? He did what? He took, he took of the abilities of Adam. Remember, in the, in the commandment, he said, do what? Populate the earth, multiply. How? He took that ability. Read it quickly. Was God's was Satan's Adam? Nimrod was Satan's Adam. He is he is the first man that Satan genetically manipulated without the use of any man, without the use of a woman, without the use of of the natural way of making something. Nimrod is the first person. Satan created without the use of what he did in Genesis 6. I'll show you in the Bible. Nimrod is Satan's Adam. 
the creation, the kingdom of Babylon was started, was, was built, was commenced in Nimrod. Let's read, let's read, say it's place. That's why I don't undermine Satan. Satan is wise. Satan is wise. Among the celestials, among the immortals, no man, no, no being has more wisdom than Satan, than Jesus. Ah, ah, ah. Let me ask you a question. Let me, wasn't, wasn't Solomon the wisest man on earth? Did he fall? By who? That's why when Jesus comes, he comes as two things. The wisdom and the power of God. And it's, it's the reason why the Bible says, through the foolishness of the cross, the foolishness, he used foolishness to confound the wisdom of Lucifer. For had they known, they would not have crucified him. The only being greater in wisdom than, than, than Lucifer is Jesus. And I behold, I show you a mystery. Jesus was as much an angel as he was a man. I said, Jesus was as much a, an angel, a cherub, as he was a man. The living beast has four faces. The face of a lion. The face of an ox. The face of an eagle. The face of a man. Who is that? Jesus was everything in the redemptive ages. He was, a, he was a lamb. John didn't see a man. He saw a lamb. When John looked, he looked at a lamb. When he was raised, they saw a lion. That's why he's called the bright and morning star. That's why he's called Lucifer. The Lucifer of Lucifer. Lucifer. He is the word. See, the word can have different manifestations and still retain its essence. See, there are things you are to learn about God. L let me read to Jude. Let me read to Jude so that we can uh, pray. Jude chapter 1. Verse 6, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. So angels had a place of abode. And, and these were the angels that, that left their estate. They left it to come into the earth dimension. And what were they coming to do? To profane humanity. They could not have done that except Satan had taken some of the abilities of Adam. They could sleep with men, sleep with women and produce babies. 
And the Bible says in those days, there were giants in the earth. And afterward, and afterward, these were who? The mighty men, the Giborims. So there were two classes. There were Nephilims and Giborims. There were Nephilims and Giborims. Nephilim were, were the offspring of giants. I mean, the offsprings of the fallen angels and the women. Giborims, mighty ones, mighty ones, were a second class of that creation. Because the word mighty, 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 the Greek word, Hebrew word, gibor. Gibor is a reference for God. Remember his name, mighty God. Giborim. So these angels were giborims. So there were different classes of angels that mated with men. And what was the goal? To corrupt all flesh. To make man unredeemable. That's why God destroyed the world. Because man had become unredeemable. There was not, think about it. There was nothing God could do to save them. But to destroy them. What was so, what was so, what was so uh, 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 terrible about what has taken place in that generation that God would destroy the whole world and save only eight is because they were unsavable, my brother. Satan can't leave room. And he will not. Don't underestimate Satan. Don't, and I'm not saying this to exalt him. I'm saying this to show you some of the some of the, 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 the ways that he has deceived the world, even Christians. Let's read Genesis chapter 10 quickly. So you see, you see where the genetic warfare began? It began with Satan himself. He, it began with him. He was at first at war with God. He wanted to be like God. And this means that in creation, there is a species of man that God had delegated the ability to ascend into God's class. To grow into God's sheep. She says, I said that ye are God's. I say that ye are God, and all of you, children of the Most High. A class of beings that attains and attain Godship. That he might what? That he might reach the fullness of the stature of Christ. To reach the maturity of God, the perfection of that he says that unto a perfect man, a telios. A consummate man. But for you to even begin that journey, you have to possess genetic intelligence. Otherwise you can't. It will be tough for you. It will be tough for you. Now you see why God wants you healed and healthy and well not just for your sake but for your future how you enter heaven matters how you enter heaven matters dead or alive it matters 
Because throughout the ages, there will be the left wife and the others. Let's read. Let's read chapter 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 ten. Eh? Let's read chapter ten. Um, Genesis chapter ten. That's why Satan's last trump is genetic manipulation to 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 take humanity beyond humankind. To bring civilization outside of humankind. That's why now they're talking strongly about a transhuman world. If you read my article on transcendence, you'll understand. You'll understand the goal of mankind. There's only one system remaining to be destroyed. That's the system of Babylon. That's the government of Babylon. In the spiritual, only God can destroy Babylon. No one can. It, there was a reason why God gave Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king, Babylonic king in that in 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 in, in the Babylonic uh, uh, generation, the vision of the end times. It was to Nebuchadnezzar that the dream came. And he was the head of gold. And there were others that were following. We are in the age of the ten toes. Partly clay, partly iron. And they shall mingle their seed with man. Who? Who? Read that, read that prophetic word. And they shall mingle their seed with man. They shall have the strength of iron and clay. Some interpreters have said it's democracy. What a, what a, oh hell no. We are in the age of the ten toes. That means in the age of the ten toes, there will be, there will be what? There will be hybridization of men's species. Let's read it. Can we read it? Can we read it? And then I'll read you uh, Genesis chapter 10 and then uh, we'll pray. Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. Mareto Vrenande Shkeligora Badaita. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 2, verse 36. This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it to the king. You, O king, are king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And whenever the children of man may dwell, or beasts of the field and birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand. This was an empire. A dynasty. And has made you a ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you shall rise another kingdom inferior to yours. Then another I fed kingdom of bronze. We shall rule over all the earth. Over all 
And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break piece into, in pieces and crush all others. Whereas you saw the feet and the toes, partly of a potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Yet the strength of iron shall remain in it, just as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly fragile. And as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle. They will mingle. They will mingle with the seed of man. They will what? They will what? Maie! They will what? They will begin to do what? To mix. They will begin to do what? He says, in the days of the ten toes, they will mingle with the seed of man. They, they will try to do what? Manipulate the genetic code of the seed of man. What is the seed of man? The sperm of man. They will try to, they will begin to play games with human genes. Mix it with animal DNA. Mix it with uh, 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 beastly DNA. Mix it with demonic DNA. Mix it with, with robots. They will mingle with the seed of man. But they will not adhere to one another. Just as iron does not mix with clay. And in these days, this is where we are. You see, see how it all lines up? In these days, in the days when they begin to mingle with the seed of man. In these days, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. A kingdom that shall not left, be left to, one, to another. It shall break in pieces and consume all these other kingdoms. And it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw the stone was cut out of the mountain without hand and that break in pieces, the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made it known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and the interpretation is sure. In other words, it is absolute. There is nothing nobody can do but to fulfill it. you with things you don't need. You see, the, the end time strategy of Satan is sorcery. It's pharmakia. It's the bewitchment of the world. That is end time strategy. And the goal to render you unsavable, to render you unredeemable, he must change your genetic coding. He must change it. He must turn you into something else. Let me show you. Genesis 10. I said to you, Cush was Satan's other. I mean, Nimrod was Satan's other. Because he's the first man, first man, first man that became a Giborin, that became a Nephilim. Without the mating. He was the son of Cush. Cush had a wife. So he was born a man. Nimrod. He was born a man. But he became. Let's read. 
This is the genealogy, verse 1. This is the genealogy of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And sons were born to them after the flood. Right? Read verse 6. The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizram, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush were Seba, Havila. So, see, see Cush had sons before Nimrod. Havila. And it is interesting because it, when, 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 when after the flood, it was Cush that went to settle in the regions nearest the garden. Cush. He went to settle in the regions near, near, nearest the garden. In fact, he went to go settle around where the river of Havila was. Remember, after the flood, you, you listen, you need water for creation to perpetuate, for creation to continue, to survive. So settlements in those days were, in, in, were, 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 were established in places that were close to water streams. So that, that's how settlements grow. That's how settlements grew. They had to be close to water streams for nourishment of the animals, cattle, and so forth. So Cush went to the regions because remember, Noah had to separate lands for them. And he gave Cush the land closest to, the, to Eden. But remember at this time, Eden was no more because the whole earth was wiped out. Remember that, right? But the geographical location matters because that's a spiritual portal. That's how God descended. Remember, there are stairways between earth and heaven. There are stairways. Stairways. Literal stairways. You understand? There are literal stairways in, in certain places, geographical places on earth. That's why geographical places matter. That's why Jesus does not, when he comes back, he will not descend on any other mountain, but on the Mount of Olives. That's why he, he went up from the Mount of Olives. It's, 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 a, it's a doorway. It's a doorway. It's a portal. It's a stairway into heaven. So there are certain places that are, are direct access gates to heaven. Directly. Uh, 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 especially places where altars have been built. The Bible tells us about, about how after God encountered Abraham, he built an altar. Years later, his son came to Bethel and he put a stone there and he slept. When he slept, he dreamed a dream. And in that dream, he saw, he saw a stairway reaching up to heaven and said, this is the gate of heaven. He was right. It was the gate of heaven because a gate is open everywhere where an altar, a communication, a link with the spirit is created. Hallelujah. So, 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 uh, 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 that's to live close to uh, Eden had, had, had spiritual implications. Had spiritual implications because of the atmosphere that was created up around that region. Are we there? Now, verse 8. Kush. Cush beget Cush beget Cush beget Rebellion is the meaning. Cush beget rebellion, Nimrod. And read it very slowly. 
and oi, 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 mate, and and he, oi, he did what? He did what? That word is interesting because that word does not mean begin. That word does not mean begin. What that word means is to pollute, to corrupt, to stain. Interesting, huh? The word means to pollute, to corrupt, to stain, to dirty. It's not begin. So I, I wonder why did they translate begin? Begin. You see, like I always tell you, men who write Bible translations, right, sometimes are in it for money or they are in it for their best interest. And I, I promise you, I can assure you, some of the biggest investors in Bible print are sinners. Devil worshippers. Some of the biggest investors in, in the Bible print business are demonic uh, uh, servants. I promise you. Because what better way, what better way to keep the population in ignorance than to keep them deceived? Because all, listen, truth is not the opposite of a lie. Truth is a, I mean, lie is not the opposite of truth. Lie is a perversion of a lie. So all you need to do to, to cause a man to deviate in truth is to just change this here and here. For instance, why doesn't NIV have, in Matthew chapter 17, have the verse where Jesus says, but this does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It does not have it. Why doesn't it have it? What? I mean, something, I mean, if you read NIV all your life, you would not know that there are certain devils that will never leave you until you pray and fast. You'll never know it. And that part of your spiritual inheritance would be stolen forever. So you don't rely on Bible translation or the name of a Bible translation. You rely first and foremost on the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says all scripture is breathed by the Holy Ghost. So when you read the Spirit, when you read the Bible and you're open to the Spirit, the Spirit will let you know when what you are reading is not consistent. Number two, you rely on the original text. The Hebrew and the Greek in which the Bible was written. That's it. That's it. You may use, you see, the Bible is not written so that you can, uh, I mean, translations are written so that you can understand English better. But sometimes the, the Lord didn't write the Bible so that you can understand English better. Like what you see, you, 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 you're listening to me. So you read this, you ask yourself, why did they say he began? Because they don't want to mention the fact that, and, and they, can't, they can't make up for the fact, how did this thing happen? So they hide the word in began. Imagine, from pollute to begin. From pollute to begin, from stain to begin, from corrupt to begin. How? Now, read, let's read it that way. Yeah? 
Read, read it again, verse 8. And he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He began is wrong. Let me give you the translation. Right? Not the interpretation, the translation. How it should have been. Cush begot Nimrod and he polluted and corrupted and profaned himself to become a mighty one. To become a Gibori. So Nimrod did some things genetically. Because remember, fallen, the fallen angels were reserved in chains. Now, they couldn't mate again and make other Giborims. That, that possibility was locked out. They are, they are reserved in chains of darkness. So, how on earth could they now be a mighty one? But remember what Genesis 6 says. It says, in those days and afterward. So, in the days of the flood, there were Nephilims and Giborims. And afterward, there were species like that. How? Now it was no longer through what? Through the spiritual mating or through the appearance of fallen angels. But it was through what? Through genetic pollution. So Nimrod polluted his genes. Nimrod, and I'll show you how. Nimrod polluted his, corrupted his DNA. Through the assistance of who? Through the assistance of the spirits of the Nephilims, of the spirits of the Giborims. Because remember, though their flesh was destroyed, their spirits roamed the earth. Because they could not go back to heaven. They were not permitted. They were corrupt flesh, but their spirits remained. So they must have formulated clusters and tribes along the earth, pockets in the earth. Where they can do what? Because now their desire was to what? To become hosts. They had bodies. So they were looking for bodies. Remember the mystery of Jesus. Jesus spoke about what will happen in the last days. He says this generation is like an unclean spirit coming out of a man. Going into dry places. But because he finds no rest and no place. He says to himself, I will go back to my place. And when he comes back, he finds the place clean and empty. Then he says, I will go and pray seven times. More wicked devils than myself. He says, so will it be at the end of this generation. In other words, this generation will be governed. There will be seven mighty spirits in this generation. Seven mighty fallen angels in this generation. And the Bible already mentions two, four of them who are locked up in the river Euphrates. And there's, a, there's another one that comes out from the dead. And there's Apollyon. And then there's the, Satan himself. So it's seven all in all. That's a mystery for another day. So he began... He polluted himself. So there must have been some gene manipulation. So there must have been in Kush sleeping DNA genes of Giborims that needed to be activated, woken up. And they could only be woken up through what? Through pollution. Through profanity. And you know how he profaned himself? He slept on dogs. He slept on animals. He slept on his mother. Semiramis. He slept. Listen, that's how he polluted himself. How, how did men pollute themselves? They slept on animals. They slept on beasts. They slept on fallen angels. Because the way, the way that created uh, Giborim was through sexual intercourse. So sexual immorality is the doorway to the profanity of the genes.
That's why when the Bible talks about Babylon, he calls him the mother of harlots, one who's committed fornication. Jesus speaks about Jezebel, who, com- who causes his fallen, his prophets to commit sexual. So sexual immorality is the doorway into genetic awakening. And I can assure you that's one way he, he was turned. His genes, his, the, the Giborim genes were awoken. Remember, what, and what caused and what created an opening for a recitation of that advent was the curse that uh, Noah placed upon his grandson. That curse opened up the door. And the Bible says he began to be a mighty, he profaned himself to become he profaned himself to become a Gibori. He profaned himself. Think about it. This man, this man, this man, this man, this man, Nimrod, became a giant. All of a sudden, his genetic code started changing. He started becoming mighty. He started becoming a big giant. He started becoming like the Nephilim. He had the strength of an angel. Yet he was a man. Profanity is how Satan seeks to splice the genes of man. Let's read. Let's read. That's why the Bible keeps making emphasis on keeping yourself chaste and fleeing from sexual immorality. It's the ark, it's the ark gateway. It's the gateway. It's the gateway. Are you listening to me? It's the gateway. That's how they will return. That's why homosexuality is rising. It's a gateway. It's a gateway. Sexual immorality. The, the, the Greek word there is poneo. So anything that is pornographic in nature is a gateway. That's why in every movie, every series you watch, all these things, you will find a homosexual actor there. It's a gateway. They are opening up the gates. They are coming back, man. Says Jesus, they were given in marriage and married. That's one of the reasons why this country is under so much. South Africa is the only country out of five countries in Africa that allows same-sex marriage. In Africa, five. You ask yourself, who owns this country? They just signed into bill now that that that. In fact, it, it has to be passed through uh, into legislation. Uh, legislation that that every it's a it's a crime for a pastor to. To forbid two people of the same sex marrying. So they must marry them. One of five in Africa.
And I told you the whole idea behind it is the weakening of man. Toward the end, we will have more women than men on earth. Because they are coming back. They are coming. You read now about uh, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. How phenomenon of those kinds are taking place all around the world. Ha ask yourself. Ask yourself, can, can this much, so many people be lying when they are so disconnected from each other around the world? What is this? They are concealing. They are holding it back. I said to you, you know what's going to bring them back? I told you one thing, the rise of sexual immorality. That's why sexual immorality is the only is the only ground upon which a, a man and a woman. That's how severe it is. There's nothing on earth that is grounds enough to God for a man and a woman to divorce, except sexual except sexual immorality. So you 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 can never tell a person to leave their husband or a wife for any other thing except sexual immorality. Anything other than that in heaven it is recorded as adultery. And if you go and marry another, you are an adulterer and you are causing that other person to be an adulterer. You know what the Satan does? He has told the church and preachers that no, you don't have to preach this. We have moved out of this generation. So you have a bunch of people marrying and, 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 and remarrying, marrying and remarrying, marrying and remarrying, marrying and you have a bunch of adult people committing adultery. It's a gateway. I told you in life, it doesn't matter what you believe. Doesn't matter uh, what your opinions are. What matters is the scriptures. That's what matters is the scriptures, not you. It's the scriptures. The scriptures are what matters. That's why you will stay with that husband. You will stay as long as they have not committed sexual immorality. You will stay. Otherwise, hell is your portion. If not hell, the lower stratas of heaven. You will not enter glory. I mean, imagine an adulterer having a higher position. <laughs> than a, it doesn't work that way. God is righteous. If you ever want to divorce your husband, catch him sexual immorality then all of heaven is back of you imagine something is, is it's deep enough to break the covenant of marriage the ties of marriage and remember marriage is the mystery of Christ and the church God and man not know that he that is joined unto a hallowed is one with her. See how Satan has gotten the whole world. The whole world. The whole world. 
He's guarded us. He's guarded us. The whole world. And you say he's stupid. He's foolish. Yet he's got us. He's got us. Sexual immorality. That's not only the physical, the psychological. When you sleep with a woman in your mind, sleep with a man in your mind. Some devils now are. You are seeing increased activity how they are coming in dreams camouflaging is your is your crush or the, the 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 man you always loved or the woman you always loved and they're coming to sleep with you what are they doing they are staining you listen listen you are not supposed to have sex in the dream sin but pastor I have no cause no that thing doesn't come from God God won't give you such thoughts such dreams no you know what they're doing they are staining you every time you expose yourself to pornographic content staining you sleeping around with men that are not your husband, not um, a woman that are not your wives, staining you. So Satan has got has got humanity in all three dimensions: in the physical, in the soul, in the spirit. All three dimensions he is staining through one medium: sexual immorality. And Jesus, what did Jesus say he will do? He will kill them. I don't know how how preachers translate. They say no, Jesus is not a killer. Jesus said it. We're no man to say Jesus is not a killer. He had just said that he will kill them. He says, I will kill them or death. No, Jesus is not a killer. Jesus, I will kill them or death. Those who have what? Committed sexual immorality with her. Then he says to a woman, I will cast her into a sick bed. And all who committed sexual immorality with her because they refused to repent, I will kill them or death. That the churches may know that I. That's one of the reasons I said to you, your greatest asset here is the blood. The spirit, the word, and the blood. Because every time you are stained, Lord Jesus, cleanse me, cleanse me, cleanse me. But what do you say to that he instills the mystery of condemnation? Why? To keep you as away from God as possible. Keep you as far away from God as possible. Keep you hiding in your sins. Leaving your sins. Why? He's got bodies that he's priming. Now he's taken to the next dimension. What, does he, what is he doing now? He's trying to get as many women as barren as possible. Why? To prime their wounds. Because the next thing that will be coming out of there is not babies. It's creatures. 
And that is the world of the Antichrist. A post-human world. A transhuman world. And what is the hope of the Christian? The Holy Spirit. The blood of the Lamb. And His word. If our are a letter on these things, if you're not holding on to these, we need to see, you just start, you need to start praying for God to have mercy on you and destroy your flesh and save your spirit. Start praying for death. Because they, you see, you see, in, 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 in this dispensation, you, can, you are permitted to pray for death, but a time is coming where death will even be suspended. For a time, people will not be allowed to die. The Bible says, the great and the small, they will be running to the mountain, says, fall on us, for the great day of the Lamb is here. And they will not die. A person will jump. They will want to die, because that's, that is, that's your only escape. From, 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 <laughs> he says, <"Eat." laughs> he says, the wine of the wrath of God, the wine of the indignation of God. People will be falling from skyscrapers. Think you'll, they'll die? No. All they do, break their legs. Their spirit will not leave them. They will go take, take those butcher's knife. You see those electrical ones? Put their head. All they'll be doing is cutting. Nothing will come out. Because anything that kills would be suspended. You will only be killed by those beasts. Can I read you? Can I read you? And then we'll pray. Can I read you? People do, don't understand how severe the end times is. They don't, they don't, they don't. We are already in it. We are in it, my boy. We are already in the mix. This message and these messages are preparing you. You will sit in 2022 on top of your roof with your head on your head. Yeah, Pastor said it. will experience winds that are beyond hurricanes and gales. Unimaginable. See, <laughs> oh my God. Something is blowing. Something is blowing. You see, in the prophetic ministry, let's, let's leave this message for today. Let me say this to you. In the prophetic ministry, they are what we call prophetic signs. And they serve two they serve two purposes. One is to bring condemnation to those who do not believe. Number two 
is to help deserve the timelines. You understand? And many times those signs are in the form of men. They're in the form of men, and especially men that are prominent, either in social spaces, political spaces, uh, 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 religious spaces. And God uses these men as timelines. You see, as timelines or demarcations in the timelines and indicators of what is to happen. Because sometimes God understands that we are men. There are certain things he'll show and we might not really believe. But he will bring the, the seed of what is to come in an event that you can believe. And that's what we call signs. That's what we call signs. And many times, God gives us those signs when he shows us the future. When he shows us the future, he gives us a sign that will happen ordinarily. I was praying in 2017. And as I, as I turned to end prayer, I saw Renard Bonke going up into heaven. And as he went into heaven, he stopped and he said, Lord, Lord, remember my sacrifice. And God said, I will use, right there in the vision, God said, I will use your seed. I will use your death as a seed of revival in Africa. And God told me the year and the month that he was going to die. And he died. And that was a sign. In April, the Lord showed me a vision of the passing of a president. And in the vision, it was strange because the, 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 this part was hidden. I only saw the part of the man as he was falling. And the Lord said, when this thing happens, know that it is the beginning of a new chapter. This week, the former president died. And that's why I didn't know if it was a president or a former president. That's why in my prophecy I wrote president or former president. Me, honestly, I thought it was Jacob Zuma. Honestly, when I was thinking about it. See, but you, that's why some things you just leave. When I saw it, it happened. And the Lord said, now it's time. Last year, some of you don't, you don't, even, you don't even realize that it happened. Last year, I told you, I saw the death of a president that was well known. And I told some of you that it was King John Wu. That it was King John Wu. He died. For a moment, newspaper said he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And then all of a sudden he came back. It's not King John Wu, that one. That one is not King John Wu. That one is someone else. That one is a clone. That one, King John Woo, North Korea, he's, he's dead.
in my vision of 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 what is to come in the 2024 uh, 2024 uh, in fact the conflict between china and, and and the united states the lord said to me biden is dead biden is dead just don't mind what they say don't mind who you see biden is dead Just not Biden. Just not Biden. Biden is dead. If here's the thing, who will you whose whose information will you go by? God or media? Or what you see, your eyes. When it comes to God, you don't even trust what you see. And God said, Biden is dead. Then my eyes turned in the spirit toward the east. And I saw, I saw the image. I saw the, I saw the image of the fallen angel that is being, that is, that is living inside uh, Jinping. There's not a man. There are presidents today who are not humans. Whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. <laughs> that's that's you and that's you and your own thing. There are people in key positions today. They've died a long time ago. A long time ago. So God uses man as demarcations of chapters. And what we are in now is the beginning, the commencement of a new chapter. As a prophet to the nation, I speak this to you in your hearing. That there are things you will see from here to here. God said to me, these things can't be hidden anymore. For years, They thought they could bury it. But they don't know that the dead can rise. And these things are rising. I told you that November is a very, 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 very important year. See, the problem with us human beings and with us Christians sometimes is that we see things going on as usual. Our lives. We see, you know, life going on as normal. And we think, oh, I know nothing is I'm speaking to you in codes, but you will see. The hope this country had is about to run dry. It's about to run dry. It's four years of grace. I suspect it will be cut to two. suspect it will be cut in two because of, of, of what of what I'm seeing because of what I'm seeing 
there will be betrayals. There will be betrayals in Parliament. God said, I, I, I will expose the God they worship. It's a new era, this one. Old dogs are sleeping. But let the puppies be careful that they will become wolves as well. South Africa is one of the only countries in this part of the hemisphere that will experience what it's about to experience naturally. The day of judgment is not ending with this year. It's carrying over. It's carrying over. It's carrying over. It's carrying over into, into the year of destruction. Year of prosperity and destruction. This, uh, and it's more important that we focus on the destruction. So what are we supposed to do to, to, to prepare ourselves? The Lord said it. He says, remain in Goshen. Remain in Goshen. That's what we're supposed to do. And I explained to you what Goshen is, right? Stay in Goshen. This window between now and February is a vital window. It's a vital window. The angels that have been sent into here to help people like you, to prepare people like you. After February, the earth won't be a nice place to be. That's why you should use your time, use your resources to help prepare the ark. Don't be concerned about the meat. You see, what happened this year was many things happened in isolation. And this whole pandemic is what uh, 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 blinded and smoked people from all the other things that's been going on. Because there's more that's been going on than what you realize. And, and the goal is just, the goal of the pandemic is just to serve as a distraction. Something is happening. They've, they've, they've done. They've done with it. They've done whatever they've been planning, they've done with it. They've done it. Now it's time for implementation of phase two. No phase two. You know what they will use in phase two? They will use climate change. You will hear it. Now you will hear it. They will use climate change. 
will no longer be COVID-19. It will be climate change. With climate change, they going to enforce global martial law. You know what's martial law? If you don't know, you at least you've got homework for today. They will impose martial law. Right now, I told you, when you go when you go vaccinated, they scan your your thing. Now it's on your your identification whether you're vaccinated or not, and even what you've used, it's there. Why? Data management, data collection. This one of data, the Lord showed me. Are they collecting data to sift out the obedient ones and those who are troublesome? And it, it's one of the reasons why I say I fear for this country because this, this country is serving the interests of too many entities. It's serving the entity of too many entities. God said to me, I don't know if I should tell you or not. You see, some, I was asking the Lord, I was saying to him, man, Lord, why, why don't you just remove this person and kill him? Because that's what he's deserving. Why don't you kill him? He said, if I kill him, it will sprout war. Because his masters will further destabilize the country. So I asked the Lord, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, this is, these are those times where you will see unusual displacements. Things that you can't even explain. They will start happening. Remember I said to you, forget ANC, it's over with it. You saw it now, right? You saw it now. If if you read if you read my if you read my book again in 2018, eight, yeah, 2018, I said in, in, in prophecy how during one election the leading party the leading party will struggle to even amount 40%. Those are signs. See, if you, if you want to know, if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, it's already packaged for you. This message is prophetic. When we move next year, you will see why we had we had to spend time here see now it does is, is not it does not appear come next year come next year people will be running to Mamelodi because there's a way you see there's a there's a way the spirit of god works there's a way the lord works 
There's a way the Lord works to align his intent, his purposes, his agendas. And it is up to a people who have ears to discern the spirit. Say, he that has an ear. In the spirit is more important that you can hear than you can see. That's the most important sense. If you can't hear, who unto you? Even what I'm saying to you, I'm speaking to you in code. There's a time we will release the full revelations of the future. But for now, it's for you to discern. For you to discern your posture, the posture you are to take in the spirit at this time. Time to be sluggish is over. Time to be a sluggard is over. You will regret it. You've already lost much. Can't afford to lose more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in your spare time, take the teachings, listen. Grab the messages, listen. Do that consistently. Do that consistently. Expose your soul, your mind to the world. Because the game has changed. The game has changed. Yeah. The game has changed. If you walk out of here and say, ah, you will be one of the first to experience judgment. You remember, you remember uh, the, the king's council in Syria when they called for the man of God. The man of God said, tomorrow about this time, there will be a change. And the guy said, even if God in heaven can open his womb, no man can change the economic state of this nation in the day. The man of God said, it's fine, you will see it, but you will not be a part of it. What happened to him? He died. They crushed him. Don't regard it. You will be crushed. I'm telling you now. You will be crushed. You will be crushed. You will be crushed. Just pray. Pray. Pray in accordance to the message. Salamanta. Radola kiada baron gelesanda. We call for divine help. We call for divine healing. We call for genetic purification. We call for genetic restoration. We call for the sanctification of the flesh, for the sanctification of the soul, for the sanctification of the spirit. Yeah, no, no, no. 
Mandore Behilo, Malido Shapradale, Manjalatro Dale Bronze Kedoga Bahaida, Shanae Manana Mahai. Mana, mana, come on, let's pray. Stand up, stand up, stand up and pray. Stand up and pray. Ligamando Rabada. Aligo Rabasanda Lagrada Bahai. Legrondo, call for the blood of Jesus. Call for the blood of Jesus. The blood that washes whiter than snow. The blood that gives us victory. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Take what the Lord 